We're going to be taking some notes as we close out this series today. We've been in a series on fighting for awesome relationships. And in week one, I talked about marriage. How do you fight for an awesome marriage? Week two, we talked about how do you fight for an awesome family? And some of you guys took pictures and a lot went on social media. That was pretty cool. And then um, maybe you saw some of that. And then today we're going to be talking about fighting for awesome friendships. Now, let me, let me repeat something I said last week that I think is very important. And you might have missed it, so I, don't, I want to repeat it and make sure you got it. And that's kind of the way I want to begin today with an understanding about how important relationships are. God put you on the planet, and one of the reasons God put you on the planet was he wanted you to learn how to love. Now, the Bible says God is love. And that means that if God didn't fling the world into space, if God didn't create the cosmos, if God were not present, there'd be no such thing as love. And your life would be devoid of love. You wouldn't, of course, exist anyway, right? But God puts you on the planet to teach you how to love. And life is all about relationships. And so that's why this series, Fighting for Awesome Relationships, is so important. And today I'm going to talk about fighting for awesome friendships. We all need friendships. And so I'm going I'm to talk about two different things. The first thing I'm going to talk about is why we need friendships. And then the second thing is how we build those friendships into our life, okay? So if you have your pen, I'm going to go fast today because we want to cover a lot of ground. I could spend a whole series on friendships, right? We'll cover a lot of ground. And the first one is why do I need awesome friendships? And the, and the answer to that is I need great friends for, number one, go ahead and fill that out, for my spiritual growth. God wants you to have awesome friends in your world so that you'll grow. Now, here's the truth. You cannot grow up by yourself. As a matter of fact, none of you physically grew up by yourself, right? You had people alongside you to help you physically grow up. Now, what do we know about growing up spiritually? The goal of this life in Christ is that we would grow up to be like Jesus, right? That's what grow up means. When we talk spiritually, we're talking about growing up to be like Jesus. You can't grow up to be like Jesus by yourself. You just can't do it. So you were put on the planet and, and you're, you're called to have awesome friendships that then come alongside you, help you grow one day to live out your purpose. The Bible says this in Romans 1.12, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. One of the goals of, of awesome friendships is to help you grow spiritually. Secondly, write this one down. Um, I need great friends for emotional support. I need great friends to be along the journey with me. We call life, life's a journey, right? And when you talk about a journey, when you talk about a movement, you're talking about on a, going on a hike, going on a journey, going on a car ride, going somewhere. The idea of going somewhere normally income, it involves companions. Life is a journey, and God wants you to have companions that are going to be on the journey with you. Now, what do those companions look like? Um, I told you guys a little while back, I had, a, I had a little book given to me one time, little small red book, and it was called Balcony People, all right? And, and I, got the, I got the whole you know, thesis of the book pretty quick. You open up the book, and the book talks about balcony people and basement people. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. In your life, you have balcony people. And you have basement people. You have people that are shouting to you from the balcony. They're inspiring you. They're encouraging you. They're cheering you on. And they're calling you to a higher level of life. 
And you have basement people, right? People that are pulling you down, people who are not being the most encouraging people at all. And here's one of those things when it comes to our emotional support, why you need awesome friends, is because you're going to need more balcony people in your life than your basement people. Your basement people are people you're trying to minister to. Your balcony people are the people who are your emotional cheerleaders. They're, they're your companions along the journey. They're calling you up to a higher level of life. You know, the Bible says more than 58 times for Christ followers that we are supposed to do one another's. Now, every time that one another is put in there 58 plus times, it's diff- it's, it has different things. It says, love one another, encourage one another, spur one another over onto greater growth. There's a lot of one another's, and if you don't have Christ-following friends, how are you ever going to do the commands that are those 58-plus one another's? God puts you here to have one another's in your life, to other people who are going to come along, cheer you on, balcony people. Read this with me, Galatians 6.2. Carry each other's burdens... And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I'll never forget the first time I've read that scripture, Galatians chapter 6, that word, the law of Christ, it stuck out to me. And I think Paul did it. He's so smart. I think the Holy Spirit led him to do that very strategically. Because a lot of Jews would have read that, and they, they would have heard the law. They think about the law of Moses. They don't think about the law of Christ. And then all of a sudden, Paul said, if you carry each other's burdens, then you will fulfill the law of of Christ. It's the only place in the Bible where it talks about that Christ has a law, and his law is that we're supposed to help each other out. We're supposed to emotionally, spiritually support one another and be there for one another. So we are supposed to uh, help each other grow spiritually. We're supposed to support each other. Write this one down, the third one. Why do I need great friends? I need great friends for better health. Now, the Bible says, for better health, the Bible says that if you have great friendships, your life will be longer. As a matter of fact, science comes along and confirms that folks who have solid, healthy friendships actually do live longer. So here's the gist of it. If you have great, if you know how to fight for great friendships, you know those folks who stood up here earlier and talked about 40 years of friendship? Hey, listen, the, the understanding is they'll live longer because they got great friendships, okay? You'll, you'll, so you want to you, you, you not die sooner, okay? As simple as that. You want to not die sooner? Make sure you have great, awesome friendships and fight for those friendships. Um, uh, and what, what are you talking about there, Stephen? We're talking about one of the things, how do they help you? One of the things that awesome friends do is they help you unload negative emotions. They help you unload junk. They help you unload burdens. They help you unload stuff in your world. They help you through crisis. They help you through hard times. So read this scripture with me. It says, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I was reading that scripture this week and I thought about it. If you got your pen, you might want to underline that word healed, that last word. Admit your faults to one another. Pray for each other. This is the idea of strong Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. You know, if you want to be forgiven, all you really got to do is have a one-on-one moment with Jesus. You can be forgiven, right? But I want you to think about healing and the difference between forgiveness and healing. See, forgiveness is usually just, it's, it's transpired by the one who died on the cross for you, who bled for you, and whose 
blood heals your sin. It forgives your sin. But true healing is actually something that takes longer from our own journeys and how we've messed up, right? And true healing often involves others. Have you ever thought about that? Listen to what the Scripture says. It says if you admit your faults to one another, you pray for another, that's how you're going to be healed. It's this idea that, well, forgiveness comes from Jesus, but oftentimes healing comes from others. I think this is one of the powerful things about groups like AA. They get this, right? They sit in those groups, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, any one of those groups, they sit in their groups and they're there with each other. And together they're after healing because they understand that healing can come through a relationship with one another. When they admit their faults, they're praying for one another, right? So that they can be healed. Write this one down. A fourth reason for strong friendships, awesome friendships. I need great friendships for social enjoyment. Social enjoyment. I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. God put you on the planet so that you would enjoy life, not just so that you'd endure life, okay? God wants you to enjoy life. Now, the truth of the matter is, friendships are the backbone of a satisfying life. You can have have, uh, all the possessions in the world. You can achieve everything you want to achieve in life. You can have all the pleasures and power. But the truth of the matter is, if your relationships stink and you got all that, you know what? Life stinks. Life stinks, and you can have everything else, but if your relationship stinks, life stinks. This is how important relationships are. So if, if God wants you to enjoy life with the people who are around you, it's part of what makes life fun and satisfying. When your relationships are awesome, life, the sky's bluer, there's, it's just a better world, Right? And when it's not that way, it's a little bit cloudier, it's a little bit more Eeyore, right? It's a little bit more down. The Bible has it this way. God said it's not good for a man to be alone. He knows that we need each other. We need other people to come alongside us. And then the last reason of why you need great friendships. You need, I need, write this down. I need great friends to reach my goals. I need great friends to reach my goals. Now, you're never going to fulfill all your goals by yourself. And if you can, they're pretty puny goals, right? Right? You're going to need other people in your world to help you fulfill your goals. And uh, one of my mentors always said, it takes a team to achieve the dream. He, he, man, he would say that all the time. It takes a team to achieve the dream. And team, together everyone achieves more. But he would just team, 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 team. Why, why, did, why did one of my mentors, that was his mantra, he understood that by yourself, You can't achieve the vision and the plans that God's called you to accomplish by yourself. You need other people. You can't achieve your life mission and your goals by yourself. You need other people. Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote these words. He said, two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. That's the picture of a team, right? You need other people to come alongside you and help you accomplish your goals. Now, if you were sitting here this morning and you said, I'm going to take a little pause between these two teaching moments, okay? If you were here this morning and you said, well, Stephen, where do I find awesome friends? I, I, I want awesome friends. Where do I find them? Well, I think there's a few places where you can really connect in with people. But one of the things I want to just lift out here real quickly is that I think the church is actually one of the greatest places where you can find awesome friendships. I mean, think about it. You have People who are like-minded with you in values, people who are similar to you in their goals, 
people who have a hunger to grow and be more like God together, I think the church is one of the best places for you to find awesome friendships. Now, here's another little kernel of truth. We're talking about where you find these friends. Inside a church, there are two great pockets where you're going to connect in with people. If you haven't realized this already, kind of want you to want to let the light bulb come on, all right? Inside the church, any church, any group of people of God, there are always two pockets where you're going to find awesome friends. One is in a ministry. You find a ministry, you plug into a ministry somewhere, and you start building awesome friendships in that ministry. And another one is a small group. You get into a small group, and in that small group, you start doing those 58 one another's, and you just start building these great friendships. And here's the truth of the matter. You will never feel like you are a part of a church or a Christian-based community if you don't get involved in one of those two places. Find your way into one of those two pockets. It's either a ministry place or it's a small group. I, I thought about this morning when Shanda and Angie and Ross got up here and they started talking about taking these teens off, right? 41 people off to Tennessee. Why do they do that? Just to go have some fun? Well, it's fun, but that's not why they do it. They do it because when they pull them off in those little small pockets, when they take them away from the world, all of a sudden they bond together, they build friendships together that they couldn't do in little five-minute conversations here and there and little one-hour blocks of time on a Wednesday night. They get this concentrated time, and they come off those retreats like deeper friends. They come off those retreats having built relationships and it's all about being in that, that little small environment. Uh, it, it, that's where they do it. So I'm going to say it one more time. You're never going to feel like you're a part of, of, of a church unless you get involved in a ministry that there's a small group and you build awesome friendships in that, or, and or you get involved in a small group that's growing like a Bible study or something, and you start building those friendships there. And if you don't do one of those two things, you'll never feel like you belong. But here's the cool thing. If you will do... Either one of those two things, now you've put yourself in a relationship to be around awesome friends and then to be able to grow and build further friendships and do ministry together. Now, that's kind of my plug for where I think you can find awesome, build awesome friendships. Now, here's the question, again, that's, that's to be posed. How? How do I build awesome friendships? How do I fight for awesome friendships? And, and, and matter of fact, in your little outline there, why don't you just write the word how in the margin somewhere? Write how. And I just want to talk about that for a minute. The how you build awesome friendships, Jesus taught very clearly. And it's simply this. Write down the answer. It's very simple. The golden rule. All right? You want to build awesome friendships? Write down that word how with a question mark. And then write down right underneath it three words. The golden rule. Now, you remember the golden rule, right? You learned this probably as a child, right? In the book of Matthew... I'm going to give you Jesus' words. He taught us the gold, what, what came to be known as the golden rule, right? He didn't call it the golden rule, but we named it the golden rule much later. Jesus said it this way. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. I'm going to say that one more time. Do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. What he was saying was, in, in short, he was saying, you need to give people what you want to receive. That's what you that's where you need to, that's what you need to give out. Give out what you want them to give back to you. Basically, that golden rule is about being the kind of friend to other people that you want them to be a friend back to you. It's being the friend that you would like to have. Now, here's what you need to know about this whole how thing around the golden rule. You 
you attract what you are in friendships. You don't attract what you want. You might want to write that down. You attract what you are, not what you want. Because we're talking about the golden rule right here. Be the, be the kind of friend that you really want, right? You attract what you are. So, so for example, if you are a negative person, you're going to attract negative people. And if you're a loving person, you're going to attract loving people. If you're a gossiping kind of person, guess who you're going to attract? You're going to attract gossiping type of people, okay? And if you're a nice, kind person, you're going to attract nice, kind people because here's how it works. You, you, will not, you, you will attract the kind of people that you are, not the kind of people that you're hoping will, you know, that you want in your life. If you are a bitter person, you're going to attract bitter people. And so Jesus was on to something here. He was telling us, you want to build great friendships, you do to others what you would have them do to you. You be the friend that, to them that you would actually like to have. And I'll tell you guys, this is how you build awesome friendships. So with the rest of my time, talking about the golden rules, he says golden rule, do to others as you'd have them do to you. I want to talk about six kind of pillars of steel that go beneath that golden rule. When it comes to your friendships, you want to talk about how friendships, what friendships are really built off, you need to understand there's kind of like six golden rules that I want to throw out your way. And the first one is this, ready? Write this one down. The first golden rule for friendship, invest the time. Write that down. Invest the time. By the way, with any relationship, you know how you spell relationship? T-I-M-E. That's how you spell relationship, okay? You spell relationship in your marriage, T-I-M-E. You spell relationship with your mama, T-I-M-E. You spell relationship with your children, T-I-M-E. You spell relationship with your friends, T-I-M-E. Now, here's how it works. You need to invest the time. You need to, you might want to write in the margin there, show up. Okay, this is as simple as showing up. You just show up. That's how you start building friendships, um, I, have, I have a small group that meets on Sunday nights, 5 o'clock. We're meeting tonight. We'll be, meet over at Katie and Billy Moat's house up in the um, Eagles Landing area. And this is a group of people that we meet with. Um, this group, I, I wanted, Katie's teaching our children this morning, and I meant to ask her. Maybe my wife will remember. This group's been going on for a long time. I've got, the, I've got friends in my small group that we have been through a whole bunch together. All right? And I just got to tell you that part of the reason we are as close and part of the success of that group that has been together for so long, meeting together in Katie and Billy Moat's home is time. We invest the time. Five o'clock on, on Sunday nights, we're going to be there together tonight and we're going to invest the time. You know what? All of us are busy, right? But if you want to build awesome friendships, you've got to invest the time and you've got to show up. Now, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible says a man who has friends must himself be friendly. It means you've gotta, you might want to write the word effort right underneath that scripture. You've got to put forth effort in, in that golden rule. You've got to invest time. You want to build greater friendships in this church? Come here on Wednesday nights. Come here on 7 o'clock to are purposely plugged in. Invest a little bit of time, and you see that you don't start building awesome friendships in this place. But it starts with, number one, the first golden rule, you've got to get some skin in the game. You've got to invest some time. It's a choice. It's not instant. Awesome friendships are always a choice. They're not instant. Read this with me in the Bible. It says in, in Philippians 2.4, do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in in the lives of others. If you have your pen, underline those last words. Interested in the lives of others. 
man, if, we, if, if you obeyed that scripture alone, and if you were, 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 were not interested in your own self, when you got around people and you tried to get them interested in you, let me tell you about me, and you just try to get them real interested in you, I mean, can I just pause for a minute? If you can do the back part of that, if you can show interest in others, can I tell you, listen carefully, talking about building awesome friendships, if you will show interest in them, you will build more friends in two months than you could in two years the other way. I'm going to say it one more time. You, in two months, you'll build more awesome friendships by showing interest in other people. There it is in the scripture, right? Then you can in two years of trying to get them to be interested in you. Am I making sense? So you want to build awesome friendships? The starting place is showing up. It's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm tired. I'm busy. But you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to be there. If I, 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 I almost brought my whole small group up here on the stage, but some of them are... They don't like to be in front of people like this, so I didn't do it. But if I just got my whole group up here and put them in chairs that I'm going to be meeting with today at 5 o'clock, and if I ask them, hey, who's the guy that holds us together? Who's the one? Just point to the one who is the one who, who makes all of us work, that we always get back together. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, none of them will point to me. And I'm the leader, <laughs> right? None of them will point to me. Every one of them will point to Katie Moat. Every one of them. They point to Katie Moat. Because Katie Moat is the one who says, hey, guys, come on. We've got to get together, 5 o'clock. Here's what we're going to eat. And, and, and she doesn't have to worry about the study. I'm going to take care of the study. But you know what she does? She's getting that email out. She's saying, come on, come on, come on. She's a cheerleader. And you know what? I know there are some moments. If I could just put Katie, I should have interviewed Katie this morning. If I could just put Katie in this chair and I can say, Katie, aren't there some times you just want to say, forget those people. You know, I'm not going to try to get them to come to my house. I bet she would, even sweet Katie, she'd say, absolutely. There are some Sundays I think I'm too tired. I don't want them people in my house, you know. But you know what she understands? Katie, more than anybody else in our group, understands that that time is an investment. And, and if we will go if we will show up together, it's almost like coming to church. If you'll show up together, normally you'll leave and you'll think to yourself, man, that was worth it. I'm glad I went. Showing up is half the battle. If you're going to build awesome friendships, you, you've got, here, here's, I guess maybe you ought to write this in your margin. Physical presence is a must, all right, in friendships. Physical presence, you've got to show up. All right? It's the golden rule number one. You've got to be physically present. You know all those people that call themselves friends on Facebook? They ain't your friends. I mean, friends show up physically. I mean, I'm honestly right. I, sometimes, I have, sometimes people say, they'll say it about church, they'll say it about small groups, they'll say, listen, I can't come tonight, and I'm so sorry, but I'm going to be with you in spirit. No, you're not. You're not going to be with us. The only way you're going to be with us is if you're here in the body, right? When you're here in body, that's when you're here with us, right? Am I making sense? So the first place of friendship is you've got to show up. You've got to be physically present. You've got to be there, right? You can't build friendships any other way than investing T-I-M-E. It's the starting place of the golden rules for friendship. Now, you got your, right, got your pen? Write this one down. The second one is this, earn trust. Earn their trust. By the way, trust is what makes a friendship a friendship. If you don't have trust, you don't have a friendship, okay? So trust is what makes a friendship a friendship. You'll talk to your acquaintances, but you trust your friends, all right? 
You'll, you'll stay on the surface and you'll hide your plane with your, with your acquaintances, but with your friends, you'll trust them. You'll talk to them about anything. You'll talk to them about the hard things. You'll trust your friends, all right? So here's, here's a little clue about when it comes to this whole thing of who's my friend. And, and here, here's, the, here's the litmus test for who really is your friend. Do you trust them? Because if you can't trust them, they're not your friend, all right? I don't care how much time. You might work with somebody eight hours a day, okay? And you think to yourself, I can't trust them. Guess what? They ain't your friend. Because you trust your friends, all right? You have to build, earn, work for their trust. you got to work for their trust. So I didn't call her out. I didn't put my small group up here. But when I was writing about this one, I was thinking about my small group. I thought about Patty. Patty, I didn't call you up here, but you can wave. There she is way over there. Can I tell you that I've known Patty, I think, longer than anybody else in this whole church? When my family and I moved here to start a church, and nobody knew we were starting a church, and we were kind of like secretive and quiet, and we didn't tell nobody yet. We were just praying about starting a church. She started cutting my hair. She started cutting my hair. Every month I go to Patty, she cut my hair. Now, that's been a long time. She's been cutting my hair for 16 years. Got a haircut this week, right? She's been cutting my hair for 16 years. And you know what? I kept wondering to myself, Lord, when are you going to bring this girl into our church? When are you going to bring this family into our church? We were building a relationship. I wondered whether Patty trusted me. We've never talked about this personally until right now, and I'm talking to her. We've never talked about whether she wondered whether this preacher's hair she was cutting. What kind, you know, people think all kinds of stuff about preachers and pastors, right? But there she was, cutting my hair and cutting my hair and cutting my hair and cutting my hair. Twelve years later, I'll never forget the day when Patty walked through our front door of our church. I felt like I had earned her trust. Now, I don't know. Maybe I had her trust day one. I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. You don't know exactly how long it takes for some people to you to earn their trust. And the day she walked into our church, I felt like she really trusted me. And her family probably was going to learn to trust me. Let me say it this way. You can't build awesome friendships without trust. It takes trust. That's the hallmark of true friendship. Read what the scripture says. The Bible says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person, who can find? Uh, one scripture passage says, it's rare for you to ever find truly a faithful friend. So it, it, it takes earning trust. Now, I didn't put this in your notes there, but it takes three things to earn trust in anything. In business, in friendships, in marriage, it takes three things to earn trust. And if you break any of these things, you might want to write these down in the margin. You break these three things, you broke trust. And it's going to take a long time to build them back. Number one is reliability, dependability. You got, they got to be able to count on you. And if I can't count on you, if, I, if you're not reliable, I'm, I'm going to just stop trusting you, right? The first place that you build trust is being reliable, being steadfast, being dependable. That's, that's how you build it. The second thing is you're loyal to that person. You're loyal to them, and you show them loyalty. And that's how you earn trust, all right? By the way, loyalty is one of the opposites of selfishness. So you are, you're selfless to that person, and you're loyal to them. And then the third thing, third way that you build trust and, or you tear trust down is you keep confidences, all right? That's how you earn trust. You keep confidences. They tell you something. You don't go repeat it to somebody else. They know you're a true friend. They know that they can trust you. 
Can I just tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says God hates a gossip. God, have you ever thought about that word? God hates something? The Bible says God hates a gossip. So reliability and dependability, that's the first thing, how, you, how you're going to build and earn trust. The second, the second way is when you're, when you're loyal to them and you're not selfish. And the third way is when you keep confidences. All right, let's move on. Next, next golden rule, next, next steel rebar that's of the golden rules. Invest the time, earn their trust, listen with empathy. Listening is a learned skill. I'm going to talk to men for a little while on this one, right? Uh, listening is an earned, a learned skill. And listening, I would say, is probably the most important skill when it comes to friendship, right? In my small group, I oftentimes um, use the idea of a diamond. I say there's, in our group, guys, we're going to picture a diamond in the very middle of the room, and the way that every one of our perspectives on that diamond is different, it casts around, you'll have your viewpoint, I'll have, it'll have a lot of prisms coming out of the diamond, and it's okay. If you see it differently than I see it, let's learn from one another, let's listen to one another. That's, that diamond in the very middle of who we are, I'll never forget, an Emory professor said that in the middle of my class one day, and it stuck with me. You never know what's going to stick with somebody, and he was saying, listen to one another. Listen, because we all have different perspectives. Learning to listen is one of the most valued skills, and you need it to build awesome friendships. Now, when you're in a group like that, when you're in a friendship, when you're in a coffee, when you're spending time, you're at the coffee shop with somebody, and they're talking, we're talking about listening right now. And listening is about truly hearing them, not thinking about what you're going to say next, right? That's not listening. Not thinking about what you're going to say. Listening is truly taking in what they're giving out. And, and this, this means really having a heart towards them. Real quick, real quick scripture. Proverbs, I'm sorry, James 1. James 1, 19. Everyone, that's all of us, everyone should be quick to listen. Quick to listen. <laughs> that's by itself is hard, ain't it, right? Every one of us should be quick to listen. And listen to the next one. Slow to, say it out loud, speak, and slow to become angry. Hey, little little teaching lesson here. If you do number one and number two, you get number three. All right? If you do number one and you do number two, you will get number three. I meet people all the time that say, I'm just so angry and I get, I struggle with my anger. If you learn number one and learn number two, if you learn that you should be quick to listen and if you be slow to speak every time, you will be slow to anger, okay? All right? Now, if you start getting angry fast, I can tell you one thing. You've messed one of those up. You haven't listened well enough, or you've started opening your big fat trap too early, okay? And you started speaking too early, all right? So when you start getting angry and you know you got angry too early, go back to this scripture right here, because if you do number one and you do number two, you get number three. If you are quick to listen, slow to speak, you will be slow to anger. I want to show a real quick video clip with you about what listening is all about. Men, how many times has this happened to you? To me. You know, we, our babies sleep really, really good. Or this. Make sure Timmy wears the blue shirt. If he doesn't... Or even this. And for my birthday, which is next month, I'd really like some of this. Do you have trouble listening or retaining information from your wife? You could be suffering from 
Spousal Selective Listening, or SSL. With SSL, valuable input is intercepted or scrambled before it reaches the critical learning center of the man brain. Virtually anything can trigger it, like sports, food, even shiny objects with buttons. Fortunately, there is help with Heratol. Containing a rare root with an exotic name, Heratol helps men focus and listen to valuable female input, even pick up on those subtle hints. These are exactly the earrings I wanted. How did you know? Thanks, Heratol. Now I can hear it all. <laughs> Heratol has not been tested or approved by any regulatory agency. Side effects of Heratol include minor to severe headaches and spontaneous combustion. Use caution when using Heratol near mothers-in-law, as you may hear hurtful comments that would have previously been ignored. Heratol is an enhancement drug. Do not use around children or clusters of talkative old blue-haired women. If focused listening lasts longer than four hours, consult your doctor immediately before your wife assumes this is a new standard in your relationship. Men with wives who are nursing or pregnant should not take this product. Heratol, the preferred selection or solution for selective hearing. Can I just ask the women for a minute? Don't you wish there's a pill your man could take? Yeah, you'd buy it. Yeah. The truth of the matter is there's not a hear it all. There's not a pill you're going to be able to take. You've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to be empathetic with your listening. So, so what do we say? We're talking about the golden rules, the rebar of building great friendships, and it all starts with showing up, being physically pre present, investing time. It's earning people's trust. It's, um, it's listening with empathy. Write this one down. It's accepting their flaws accepting their flaws. So we're all imperfect, right? And that person sitting next to you right now, let me just look, at, look, 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 look next to you for a second. See them over there? See that person sitting next to you? You know those things that are in them that you just wish you could change, that just aggravate the mess out of you? Can I just go ahead and tell you, you, you have two choices. You can go ahead and accept those things, or you can be frustrated for the rest of your life, you know? That's the way it works. So when it, when it, can I, can, let me also add this. You know the quickest way to tear down a friendship and just really get, lose friends? Nag them all the time about the ways that they bother you. You want to tear down your friendship, nag them about how you want them to change or about the things that they don't, you won't have a friend for long. Nobody wants to be nagged. Everyone wants to be accepted. So what does it look like for you to accept people with their flaws? It means that you're starting to try to act like God. Because you see, God accepts us just like we are. Right? Read the Bible. It says this um, in Romans 15. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ accepted you. Let me pause right there. How did Christ accept you? He accepted you just like you are. He accepted you fully, not, oh, I'm going to take this part of you, but not that part. He accepted you fully. He accepted you with arms wide open, all of you. He accepted you. And he's saying to you, there it is in the scripture, you, that we should accept others just as Jesus Christ accepted you so that God will be given glory. So the thought process here is you accept other people. Now, notice this. I didn't say you approve of what they do. I mean, they can, they can do things that aren't great things. And I'm not saying you have to approve those things, but I am saying you accept them into your life. Um, acceptance is a key to awesome friendships. Write this one down. Um, another way that we have, a, have awesome friendships is that we celebrate wins and we share losses. We celebrate wins with our friends and we share losses. So, 
I started thinking about my small group when I was writing out this bullet point, and I thought about how many things we've celebrated together and how many times we've cried or lost together. And in my notes, I just started writing down moments that I could remember where we had seen great things happen. And, and, and David McClamma would be the one who I put my arm around here this morning. David McClamma started coming to high school football games and celebrating, you know, Alex. And I mean, he, he just wanted to, he, he, was, he was celebrating our wins in our life, you know. We've celebrated job promotions. We've celebrated the birth of grandchildren. We have, we've celebrated new, uh, new moments of new relationships. Um, we've celebrated... Um, spiritual breakthroughs. We've celebrated spiritual healings. Uh, people being here, healed for a. We've celebrated a lot together. And we've also shared each other's losses. We've seen parents die, siblings die. We've seen job loss. We've seen. I guess I'd put my arm around Billy here right now. We've seen a sickness with his dad. That has just been devastating and a long journey. You, you celebrate with each other. And, and what it really tru- I think what it really truly means to be a friend is you, you just you enjoy when they succeed. You honestly love that and you celebrate it with them. And then when they hurt, you are with them in that, even if you don't have any answers even if you don't have any words. This crew over here that stood up today and held the boxing gloves and talked about a 40-year friendship. Just two weeks ago, Gail lost her 21-year-old son in a car accident. You better know that as strong as Gail is, she's an awesome girl. She's counting on those friends right now. She's not counting on them to have the answers. You know what she's counting on? She's counting on them to be there to be there with her right now. Because see, at the end of the day, none of us will ever have all the answers to suffering. The truth of the matter is, we fight for our relationships and we come and suffer alongside somebody else who's suffering. We come and just join them. That's what Jesus did for us. When we're hurting, He doesn't give us all the answers. You know what He does? He comes and hurts right there beside us because He knows how much we're hurting. He suffers alongside us. I think true friendship, awesome friendships, if you want to build awesome friendships, you've got to learn to really authentically celebrate with people when they're winning, and you've got to hurt with them when they're losing. Read the scripture with me. It says in Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. You're there with each other. And then finally, last one, number six, write this one down. You bring out the best in that person, all right? You bring out, you want to build great, awesome friendships, you bring out the best. By the way, real quick test, real quick litmus test. You want to know who your best friend is? It's the person who brings out the best, the, 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 the number one person on planet Earth that brings out the best in you. That's your best friend. I can tell you who your best friend is. Your best friend is the person who brings out the best in you. Can I just pause? I just had a spiritual breakthrough. <laughs> See, sometimes I prepare a message, and then while I'm preaching to you, God speaks to me about me, and he ministers to me while I'm being allowed to be ministering to you. Can I tell you, I've been in ministry for a really, really long time, and across the journey, I've had people that just sat out in the crowd and listened to me preach, and 
And sometimes it blows me away that when they're introducing me, they introduce me as their best friend. And I got to tell you, I've never understood it before. I didn't really look at them as my best friend, but they call me their best friend. And this has happened to me so many times. To be introduced, it's, a, it's quite an honor, but I've never understood it till this moment. You know why they introduced me as their best friend? Because your best friend is the person who brings out the best in you. They got something that, mm. You want to be a great best friend? You bring out the best in the people that are around you. It means that when you're around them and they're around you, for them, life's fuller and richer and better because they're around you right now. The Bible says this, Proverbs 27, just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds of each other. Friends sharpen each other. They make each other richer, better, stronger, more meaningful. That's what true friends do. And so you want awesome friendships? Go back to Jesus' golden rule, right? Do unto others. Listen, when it comes to this, you try to bring out the best in others, and you will see that they'll start bringing the best out of you. One more scripture. A truly good friend, I'll say it this way, an awesome friend will openly correct you. An awesome friend will openly correct you. Oh, by the way, that doesn't sound too easy, does it? Blessed are you. Blessed are you if you have friends, awesome friends, who will correct you. Now, let me be very clear. I was thinking about my small group. In my small group, anytime we correct one another in my small group, it is always done not with a spirit of criticism. You see, a spirit of criticism is a spirit of rejection. It is always done in a spirit of friendship. A true spirit of friendship is a spirit of acceptance. We accept each other, but we can correct one another. That's the difference between critics and friends, criticism and acceptance. And by the way, you only take the truth from people you trust. So if somebody's going to correct you, you have to be able to trust them, right? You only can accept truth from people you trust. I'm going to close out these series, uh, this series today by putting on my boxing gloves. And I just want you to envision what it looks like for you to fight for your marriage. Because when we talk about awesome friendships, every one of the things I've talked about here today about why you need a friend, it's right there in your marriage. And by the way, it's right there in your family. And it might be sitting on the row right next to you. A sister. Friends. A mom. Your relationships are worth fighting for. And they don't come by accident. You have to be smart. You have to be intentional. You have to invest. And some of these things we've been talking about here are very important. Time. Trust being there for each other through wins and losses. You have got to do those kind of things if you're going to fight for those relationships. Here at Harvest Point, from day one, we said, we want to build awesome, successful families. We want to build families that grow up in Christ. And not just families, but we want it to be evident that God's winning the day in youth and in children's lives. That's what we want. 
But you know how that happens? It happens by us being friends in the family of God together. So you're here because God brought you here. Right, Muriel? You're here because God brought you here. And you're sitting around people who want those kind of awesome relationships just like you do. My word to you, remember that passage we read last week from Nehemiah? Fight for it. Fight for your sons and fight for your daughters and fight for your wives and fight for your homes. Fight for your friends. Fight for those things. And you will see God grow you in love. One of the reasons he put you on the planet, right? You'll see God grow you in love. And your life will be so much richer. Because you got friendships, relationships that make life sweet. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray for every person here and I pray for our friendships today. I know you want us to have friendships that honor you. Would you teach us the golden rule? Would you help us to be interested in others? Not just interested in ourselves. And help us to invest in those relationships, to show up, to spend the time we need. And I thank you, God, that every person here today, they're here. They showed up. They're investing already, God. I pray blessings over them today. I pray you'd bless their friendships. I pray you'd bless their families. I pray you'd bless their marriages. I pray you'd bless them, God. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us, show us, train us how to fight for our families. Help every dad in this place to be a better dad because of what he's learned from this series. Help every mom to go to battle for her kids and battle for her marriage, God. Help grandparents to realize they're not out of the fight. They are very much in the fight. And help them to fight well, God. I pray for us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, would you help Harvest Point? Help it not to be a missional or a goal statement. Help us to build, in the name of Jesus, successful God-honoring families. I pray that, Lord so that every one of those families would be a shining light for you, for the world to see. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you, I'm sorry I've been going over a little bit. I, get, I guess I get real passionate about families and relationships, so I kept you a little bit too long. I'll try to not do that in the coming weeks, all right? Hey, I gave you these cards. Invite somebody to church, all right? God bless you, Harvest Point. Have a great week.